Well, good morning, everyone. This usually isn't my forte. I do this about once a year. So you guys must feel really special. You know it. Um, well, I've been looking forward to preaching this message for a while, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, I have two boys, Sam and Paul. There they are right there. They're wonderful. Sam is three and a half years old, and Paul is eight months old, and they're obviously a huge blessing to me, bring me a ton of joy, um, but they also make me a better man and a better person, I believe. You see, over these past few years, I've discovered this drive deep down in my soul that wants to protect and be a hero for my children. So when my firstborn son, Sam, came along, uh, I felt this heavy, newfound sense of responsibility come over me. And I'd made, I've made big life changes before. Uh, you know, graduated high school, gone off to college, finished that, got married, and moved way far away from my family to start a life with my wife, Mac. Um, but once Sammy Fife came along, something deep down inside started to stir and come to life, this drive to be my son's hero. Um, and so I'm going to talk about that hero drive today because it's Father's Day and I'm a father. Um, but we're also, this, this talk is also going to apply to any parent, really, and also any adult. And we'll discuss that later on. But first, um, let's set the stage here. I'm going to put a little scenario out there. Um, so guys, men in here, let's say you're out to dinner with your family and your children or your friends who have children. And, um, you know, you're sitting there eating your meal, and somebody walks in who's obviously had too much to drink. Maybe they're belligerent to people in the restaurant, and you, you sense a little bit of risk. What does your mind do as a man? I know what my mind does, and I think I know what your mind does as well. Um, but let's watch a little video clip to show you what a man's mind does when he senses danger. I come in here. And the first thing I'm doing is I'm catching the sight lines and looking for an exit. I see the exit sign, too. I'm not worried. I mean, you were shot. People do all kinds of weird and amazing stuff when they're scared. I can tell you the license plate numbers of all six cars outside. I can tell you that our waitress is left-handed and the guy sitting up at the counter weighs 215 pounds and knows how to handle himself. I know the best place to look for a gun is the cab of the gray truck outside. And at this altitude, I can run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. <laughs> that sounds paranoid, I know. And it sounds crazy, but back me up, guys. There's not a man in here who, if somebody walks into that restaurant is acting a little bit suspicious, you know, you're thinking you start planning immediately. You're just like, okay. This dude starts coming any closer. I'm going to pick up this chair. I'm going to create some distance between him and my family. And if he comes any closer, I'm going to jab it into him. I'm going to flip it around and ah, just start waylaying this guy. I know it's violent. I know it's violent, but it's, 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 uh, it's in our nature to protect those that we love, to protect our children, right, to protect our family. Um, I think this drive to protect those who need protecting starts... Or, I mean, it, it reaches its pinnacle when you have children of your own. 
or when you're an adult and you have people in your life that need protecting. But I believe that it starts, this drive to be a hero starts when you're a child. Um, let me give you a little story about that. So the other day, um, I was sitting in my gaming rocker playing Xbox Live. So I'm sitting back kind of relaxing with my legs up on the couch and I'm playing uh, Call of Duty. I've prestige three times, thank you very much. Anyway, yeah, it's a couple of you got that. <laughs> but uh, so I'm sitting there playing and um, Sam and Paul are there with me, my three and a half month old. I mean, my three and a half year old and my eight month old. Um, Paul's just crawling around, Sam's hanging out there with me and um, so I'm sitting there playing and Sam all of a sudden just starts going, ah, ah, and he's like pointing at something and he's starting to speak pretty fluently, but I don't think he had the words because he was so distraught. So he was pointing at something. So I looked down, and there's Paul, my eight-month-old, lying under the rocker. You know what I'm talking about? That's resting on the floor. And so I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, I'm not a small guy. And um, if I rocked forward, if I leaned forward any, um, I could have lost my son or at least injured him severely. I was so foolish. I couldn't believe it. But because Sam has this drive to protect his little brother, we still have a fully intact eight-month-old child. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, man. I felt like such an idiot. But, um, you know, we spent the uh, next, like, five minutes hugging our son Sam and Paul and just telling Sam how proud we were of him. And it was actually a really special moment because this was the one of the first signs of this um, selfless drive to protect those that he loves. And I seriously can't tell you in words how proud I am of my boy. And I threw out that stupid gaming rocker. <laughs> but I kept the Xbox. <laughs> so this drive to be a hero is uh, it's very real, to be a protector of those who need protecting. And this is spot on because there are many... Uh, verses in the Bible where God defends the weak and provides for his children. And we are instructed to do the same for our family and our children and those that need protecting. So let's, uh, let's dive into some scripture here. It is Bible time. So bust out some of those green Bibles on the side of the aisles if you want to. And we'll read along together. We're going to turn first off to First uh, Timothy 5, verse 8. It's page 830 in the Bibles. Page 830. Coincidentally, if you don't have a Bible, please um, take one that we have in the aisles. It's a gift from us. So, here we go. It's a real short verse, but we're going to read it together. First Timothy 5, verse 8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Whew, so that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty straightforward, huh? I mean, you, you're definitely supposed to take care of your families. And it's in our nature to take care of those that we love, our children, and it's biblical. Turn with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 6. It's on page 800 in the green Bibles. The beautiful green nuclear looking Bibles. I promise you they're not nuclear. 
Anywho, <laughs> love does not delight. Let's read together. First Corinthians 13, starting in verse 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. It's clear that God wants us to protect our families, to provide for them through thick and thin, and to love and persevere with them through all trials. But now I kind of want to take this a step further. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 68. It's in the middle of the Bible, around, uh, or it's on page 401 if you have the Green Bibles. Psalms is an awesome book. It's got a lot of uh, beautiful poetry in there, some songs uh, written by King David. Psalm 68, starting in verse 5, going to verse 6. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets or places the lonely in families. So we're starting to see a God that takes care of people who have no family the fatherless, the widows, the orphans. Lastly, let's turn to uh, Isaiah 58. It's on page 515 in the Green Bibles. Isaiah 58 is a chapter that we feel as a church, as Polaris, we feel that God has spoken this verse to us, this chapter to us, specifically to give us a vision and a mission to be generous followers of Jesus. Um, and he wants us to have this verse on our hearts. So as I was studying for the sermon, uh, I thought about this verse and came across some passages that kind of caught my attention. So we're starting in verse 5, Isaiah 58, verse 5. Is this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Kind of like saying, woe is me. Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and to not turn away from your flesh and blood. So in this passage, we have both of these directives from God. He says, not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Don't turn away from your families. But he spends more time, actually, calling us to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry. It's almost like he knows that taking care of our own family is a given, but he wants to drive home the message that we are to treat the downcast and the hurting, the orphans, the widows, the people that don't have a family, we're to treat them as our own family by protecting and providing for them. Which brings me uh, to my main point. It's obvious that God wants us to protect our families. It's, it's in our nature. It's biblical. It's something that happens naturally. We will do anything to defend our family. But we do have a choice to make. 
Are we going to sit back and watch the world fall apart while we've built a fence around the ones that we love in our immediate family? Protecting them from harm, but somehow separating ourselves from the world? Are we just going to bow our heads like a reed sitting in sackcloth and ashes, mourning for the stuff that's going on around us? Are we just going to bow our head like that? Or are we going to loose the chains of injustice? Are we going to set, set the oppressed free and provide food for the hungry? Are we going to use that same passion, that same drive to be a hero for our children and those that we love? Are we going to use that same drive to be a hero and a protector and a provider for the people outside of our family that need help, that need comfort? So this is a call to action. Start with your family and do everything you can to protect them and provide for them. But somewhere in there, we need to find the margin to protect and provide for those outside of our family. So I'd like to share uh, some practical things that we can do to do that. And I do want to say that there are tons of you already doing a lot of stuff. Um, God has really changed the face of Polaris and, and used us to be a blessing to people outside of our own church family. And that's so awesome. But I just want to keep this message fresh on our minds. And these uh, ideas are not in order of importance, but I just want to highlight a few. You could, first, you could mentor an at-risk child. Uh, Crestview Elementary School in Brunswick, Ohio, has opened up its doors for Polaris people to come in and mentor and be a blessing to children. And I just think that's really amazing because, you know, in, in times like these, to have a public school open up their doors like that to let people in, to come in and be a blessing and mentor children is huge. And if God has gifted you in that area, um, just want to encourage you to jump into that with all your might because that could be a really big ministry um, and God could use you there. Um, also, you could go with Sandy Jenkins and her crew up into uh, downtown Cleveland. They hand out food, uh, water, clothing. They talk to people. And they minister to them. I've been a couple of times. And every time I feel that I've been ministered to probably more than they were, than the homeless people were, that they were taken care of. Because, man, it just, you know, Sandy can relate. Like, she can tell you, it's just every time you go, God speaks something else into your life. And it's just huge. It's awesome. Um, so I highly recommend that. Also, um, you could volunteer for Operation Homes. So once a quarter, we have a homeless ministry, an in-house homeless ministry. Um, we take turns with a rotation of churches housing homeless people that have been screened and uh, background checked and all that stuff. And, you know, we get to house them and take care of them. And every time the Operation Homes comes around, there's always a lot of uh, openings. So, you know, definitely consider jumping into that, an overnight host, a dinner host, it's just something that you can do. And all these um, ministries that I've mentioned so far don't take any financial resources. So, like, you could just take, um, if you're hurting in the financial area, you can use the time, the resource of your time, and just pour into people. And it's really a huge blessing when you get to do that. Lastly, uh, you could sponsor a compassion child. Um, sponsor a child through compassion. This is a, uh, something that we've been talking about at Flourish for a while. Up on the screen... This is uh, the child that I sponsor. I sponsor him through World Vision. 
Um, and that's, that's another ministry kind of like compassion. This was before we started getting into compassion. But um, they say that you, you not only need to provide um, monetary resources for your compassion child, but also you need to write them letters to show them that you support them, that you love them. And um, so I'd like to do something today a little bit special for Lanyman. Um, I'm going to write him a letter when I get home. And I'm going to take a picture of all of you guys right now, and I'm going to print it out, and I'm going to put it on that um, letter that I write him, because I want him to know that not only does he have my immediate family praying for them and, and is on his side, but he's got an entire church family, um, you know, encouraging him. And I think that would just be really cool to have you guys on that letter, um, just kind of representing the prayers that are going up for him. So if you guys could stand, I just think it would be really cool to kind of... <laughs> do this for him. We're going to take a picture. I know this is weird, but I'm preaching the sermon, so haha, I get to do it. If we could bring the house lights up a little bit more. Is that all the way up? Hmm, fluorescence. Let's blind people. <laughs> all right, now if you guys could wave, maybe a little bit of house lights too, or I mean uh, stage lights. Keep your hands up. Stage lights. There we go. All right, say Hi. <laughs> awesome. All right, thanks, guys. I'm going to print that out. I'm going to put it on. Uh, you can stay standing, actually, because we're getting ready to leave. <laughs> Don't you love that? It's like, oh, man. Okay. Anyway, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father God, um, thank you, Lord, for being the ultimate example of a father. You've loved us unconditionally no matter where we are in life. Uh, you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you for giving us the drive to be a hero for our children and those that we love. Help us to use that same passion and drive to be a hero and a protector to those outside of our immediate family, to be a blessing to them. Give us that drive, Father. We thank you for already um, using us to be that. Help us to do it more and more. We love you, Father. We say happy Father's Day to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.